0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Vietnam Innovators. I'm your host, Tao Tran, the CEO and founder of Vietcetera. Thank you for tuning in for every single week, in and out, uh, listening to our show, and of course, supporting the show. And without you, this would not be possible. Uh, Today's guest is coming in from Singapore. Uh, It's her first visit back to Vietnam in some time, obviously with the lockdown now ending and the borders reopening. Amanda Murphy, she's the head of commercial banking of South and Southeast Asia. And with that, she's here in Vietnam to share more Um, about the commercial business that HSBC has here. And of course, a lot of their initiatives um, that I'll let Amanda share more about. Amanda, thank you for taking the time to come out to the studio here today.
1: No, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be with you. And I'm delighted to be back in Vietnam, Mm -hmm. where my goodness, it's so vibrant, so alive. Mm -hmm. And coming out of tough times of pandemic, it's just amazing to see and to feel. So the privilege is all mine.
0: 26 years at HSBC, that's a lot of time to to kind of soak in the business, know, know what HSBC is about. I would love to hear your impressions of HSBC and, and its history in Vietnam and, of course, the country after so many years of being around the world.
1: Yeah. So we've got a very proud and uh, successful history through Asia. Mm. You know, our roots are Asia. Yes, our yeah. roots obviously Shanghai and, and Hong Kong mm. and really privileged to be part of, of the growth of Vietnam. And if we look at where Vietnam is today. We look at the how attractive it is for foreign direct investment. We look at how growing, innovative, the businesses are here. It's its a real thrill for us to be part of that story as well. Mm-hmm. And we think we've got a role to play. We think we've got a role to help companies get bigger, to help mm-hmm. companies employ more people, right. to help companies bring Vietnamese goods and services overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we think we've got a role to play here in helping finance the transition to a more sustainable way of doing business as well yes so all in all we're you know really pretty excited to be here
0: the last time i had one of your colleagues on the show stephanie Batant, she's the head of commercial banker for vietnam that's right um i think it was around the same time that you guys announced a a pretty large green financing Mm -hmm. deal that was a landmark deal as well being the first in the world I believe. Uh-huh. Um, but what what brings you to Vietnam on this occasion? I'd love so, to hear what you're working so
1: on. So this time I'm in Vietnam really to meet with our team here mm. to see what to hear from them, what they're seeing on the ground and more importantly to meet with our customers as well to see where their plans are to see how we can support them and their growth aspirations to see what they've achieved over the last few years mm-hmm. and to hear where they want to go next and so i'm meeting customers um, from ho chi minh but also from hanoi and beyond we're meeting them to in their premises which is always great uh, and seeing what they've built what they've created um, and hearing their stories and, and that's for me is always the best way to understand a country to understand the challenges and the opportunities that are there is through the people on the ground.
0: Well, aside from the customers, I'd love to hear about some of the diversity inclusion measures that HSBC has always been known for. Um, maybe you can share more about a bit about those. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, a,
1: it's a great question. And actually, uh, one of the other key things that I'm going to do while we're here is we're going to launch a fund for female entrepreneurs. Mm. And we're really excited about this because We know that women often feel more hesitant to come to banks and other financiers to look for financing for their business. Mm -hmm. So we want to be very public about saying we're here to support all businesses, those that are led by men and those that are led by women. Mm -hmm. And we're launching a billion dollar fund to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. And that will be made available. I think lunchtime is our formal kickoff today. And we've got some brilliant business owners and and leaders coming in together for the launch of that. So I'm really excited about that. And then we're supplementing that with uh, a series of other helps, so some masterclasses, bringing together some of the the best female business leaders in the world to talk to business leaders who are possibly earlier in their journey so they can share ideas, share challenges and Mm -hmm. ways to get over those Mm -hmm. and some practical guidance for women starting out in the world of business today too.
0: Um, And tell me a little bit about the HSBC Roar program which is runs parallel to that what is that about
1: it does and really what that is to do is to supplement to say we're not just putting some balance sheet out there we're not Mm -hmm. just making funds available that we're going to host a series of master classes so dealing with different topics that that an entrepreneur may face different Mm -hmm. challenges it might be hiring it might be governance it might be raising funding a a number of things Um, we're also going to have some um, mentoring programs so that if you need some guidance there'll be somebody for you to go to we've got some networking sessions where you can meet other people in in similar situations and share ideas we're going to make our bankers available Mm -hmm. our best ones the most experienced our bankers to have any sessions drop-in sessions with women who feel they need a little bit more advice on the financing side
0: hopefully you too
1: I uh, hope so. <laughs> Absolute thrill for me.
0: So, if I, aside from these two initiatives, um, you know, it sounds like uh, diversity and inclusion t- is top of mind when you approach these t- uh, these programs. In your opinion, um, what's the business case for for initiatives like this, though? How does this actually generate you know returns for business stakeholders and and just drive society further? I'd love to hear your your take on that? Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think that when I come to Vietnam, I was coming back yesterday from a customer where the CFO was a lady and mm-hmm. um, her direct team were ladies. And i was sitting in the car and there were three of us who had from HSBC who had mm-hmm. visited the company and all three were women. And I was mm-hmm. saying it's so unusual to see that. So Vietnam is already very far advanced in this area. We see women holding positions of, of authority. In public and private sectors and, mm-hmm. and that's really positive to see but when we look more broadly across the world women make up over half the population but account for less than 37% of GDP mm-hmm. so how can we unlock the talent and the potential that is in women to help them become even more productive and contribute more to society and, and that's the business case it's mm-hmm. as simple as that I have known companies who now say we will not take a pitch from mm-hmm. a, a bank or a supplier mm-hmm. unless you have a diverse team. And that mm-hmm. diversity will be gender diversity, mm-hmm. but also ethnicity as well. Uh, and I think that's really important because the more we can do, the more we can drive that contribution, higher the GDP. That means employment increases. That means that families have mm-hmm. more wealth, education, healthcare gets better, and that trickle effect. And we think that's really not just worthwhile we think that's an essential uh, opportunity
0: and whose responsibility is that is that at the corporate level does it start at the individual level um what's your take on who who should initiate these things
1: so who's responsible for that i think we're all responsible for that mm-hmm. so you know it's easy to say at the top of the house you know this should happen but unless we all play our role in that as we go down through recruitment training development that then we won't see any changes there. We won't see that those objectives be achieved. So everybody's responsible. Mm-hmm. And I think we're also responsible for being a little bit more demanding mm-hmm. when we don't see the progress. Yeah, it's important The optics matter, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a panel, whether it's marketing material, mm-hmm. a poster, an advertisement, to to show and to display that diversity is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're very fortunate in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You've got you know, over 40% of GDP is, is mm-hmm. driven by women. You've got... Over a quarter of the private businesses are owned and, and CEO'd by women. So you're mm-hmm. well on that journey here, mm-hmm. but it's that constant reminder mm-hmm. that we all have to have.
0: For, for our audience that's um, obviously living here in Vietnam, they, they know women play a large role in economic growth and mm-hmm. small businesses, as you mentioned. How does that compare to the global average and in, in your experience being a banker across the world? Is it a little bit further ahead? Is it a little behind? I'd love to hear your take on it's that. It's a little bit
1: further ahead. Okay. So, yeah. which is great for you, yeah. but it's it's unfortunate for other places mm. where we're not seeing necessarily that same level of, of success and mm. progress. And there are a number of societal uh, factors that mm. play into that. Sure. And I think, you know, we see it in Asia where childcare is more affordable and more mm. available. It makes it easier for women to get back into the workplace if right. they have children. We see mm-hmm. it where the family network is really strong and close together so mm-hmm. parents can support, whereas perhaps in some other parts of the world, it's more diver- it's more diffused, families live a bit further apart, childcare is not as available, and then that has an impact upon, upon who shows up to work.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you're a woman leader yourself, 26 years in the business, right. and you're leading a very large role at HSBC, covering potentially the largest developing market for the bank in the entire world. How has your experience been you know, progressing at, at the corporate level as a woman leader? Have you faced obstacles yourself? I'd love to hear maybe some personal sharing.
1: I, I don't think any woman who has worked in, in corporate life and in mm-hmm. finance and, and many other areas hasn't faced some things from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I think the way is how do you get over them? But I've had some I've had on many occasions mm-hmm. when colleagues or customers will arrive in a room and don't know me and will hand me their phone and ask me to charge it. Really? When okay. I was younger, they assume I was the secretary mm-hmm. and so, or can you get the tea? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> um, I've had, I've had a really interesting one that was quite defining for me when I was coming back to work after having my second child mm-hmm. and I was interviewing for a role and the interviewer said to me, what, what would your husband do if you came to this city? Mm-hmm. And I explained what our plans were for my husband. Mm-hmm. And then he said, well, what would your children do who'd mind your children and again i I explained my plans for who was going to mind my children mm-hmm. and then I said this role involves evening entertainment you know would you be able to do that and like by this point I was practically giving my children away mm-hmm. and then I realized this is crazy you know nobody would ask a man these questions mm-hmm. and so we have to call it out and as uncomfortable as that is you've got the conversation about how is that relevant to how I do my job mm-hmm. if you don't ask a man that question why would you ask me that question mm-hmm. you know if I can't do my job then that's different for me sure. but yeah so these things happen all the time and mm-hmm. sometimes Sometimes it's, it's not meant in a malicious way. It's meant, I'm trying to make sure you don't take a job that you can't do, or mm-hmm. that's, but we have to call it out and we have to make sure they don't happen.
0: What piece of encouragement would you give to females in the workforce, either as uh, an employee of an organization like HSBC or potentially entrepreneurs going into the, the FEF uh, of HSBC? Uh, fund, maybe share some tips
1: so I think the first thing i 'd say is you know absolutely have that confidence in yourself mm. that a lot of women suffer from what 's called you know the imposter syndrome i mm. can 't really do this is this really me? Should I be given this but women women make tremendous decision makers because they have to make so many decisions all the time they typically have to juggle and I'm a bit stereotyping here but they typically have to juggle a number of priorities they're normally the primary caregiver either for parents or elderly relatives or for children they're normally you know balancing that at times with work as well and so women can do tremendous things quickly and so having that confidence in themselves that belief and there's been a number of studies that have shown when you look at a List of job requirements. A man will look at it and there might be 10 requirements there and he'll see two or three he can do and he'll go, great, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. Mm-hmm. And a woman will see two or three she can't do and go, oh, I'm not going to apply. Mm-hmm. So looking for that perfect role, looking for you to be perfect for that, don't worry about that. You mm-hmm. don't need to be perfect take jobs that are about you look at and you think I can do it about 65% because for me that's kind of an area that you're going to learn and develop mm-hmm. but you're not going to be overly stretched you know you don't want to go into something where you have no hope so you're the right balance and then i think the other thing which again is shown out in a number of studies is women are great at building relationships which means when they move from company to company they find it easier to hit the ground running because mm-hmm. they they bring those wider relationships with them externally etc and I think that takes strength in that too. And then my final piece, if I'm allowed to have one more, Please. is uh. is to support each other. Sometimes we'll come across women, the draw bit, drawbridge dames, mm-hmm. who say it was really hard for me to get this position, so I'm pulling up that drawbridge behind me and it's going to be really hard for everybody else. But mm-hmm. actually, the importance of supporting each other as well is
0: really key. You mentioned confidence. How, how does one, especially a younger um, professional, find that confidence? Is it through mentorship? Is it... Is it through uh, reading self-help books? I don't even know where to start. What, I think, what's your tips on that?
1: I think there's a whole mixture in that. There's, yeah. If mentoring works, you find those, mm-hmm. find those people in your network who support you, who listen to you, who you can talk to fake it till you make it a little mm, bit you okay. know just keep putting yourself in those positions keep saying I'm going to go here I've done my homework I've learned I've prepared as best I can and now I'm going to put myself in the position and I'll learn even more mm. and then I think give yourself a break we all make mistakes where none of us is perfect so actually allowing yourself to say like okay I made a fumble there or I could do that better next time that's part of the learning experience mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if I were to share a tip to the audience here, too, I, I, I always have a saying, if it makes you feel stupid or embarrassed, you should just keep doing it until you <laughs> stop feeling that way. And <laughs> then you it. feel very accomplished. That's And it. then after that, you, you feel quite confident in yourself. So. Fake it
1: till you make it. Exactly.
0: Precisely. <laughs> HSBC has been the pioneer of Uh, ESG, sustainability, environmental sustainability governance in Vietnam with that bond that you guys Mm -hmm. issued. And what is HSBC doing to support that country's transition?
1: The transition net zero is really important. Mm -hmm. And here in Vietnam, we've made a very public commitment to arrange $12 billion of direct and indirect sustainable financing. But before 2030 mm-hmm. and that's you know it's a big number 12 billion dollars and it's a very public mm-hmm. commitment mm-hmm. and it's one that we're we're entirely committed to and um, we continue to provide green financing products to our customers and um, we've done a green term loan uh for Dutan tan and that built the first plastic recycling factory here in vietnam mm-hmm. so that was really exciting for the team and, and of course for our customer there we have a green trade loan that we've made available to REE Corporation, okay. uh, and that funded um, solar rooftop projects uh, across a number of, of cities here. Mm-hmm. And we've arranged the first exchangeable uh, green bonds uh, for Vinpearl. Mm-hmm. So all of these really, I guess, market-leading transactions, mm-hmm. But and we continue to do that, you know, 12 billion by 2030. We've been part of the story here for over 150 years, and we want to be part of that story for the next 150 years. And we recognize how important ESG is to, is to Vietnam. And mm-hmm. we've heard your prime minister talk about it, and he's spoken with, with my, my group chairman mm-hmm. and group CEO, and we're committed to playing our role in that.
0: That's a lot of firsts
1: the best <laughs> very exciting
0: yes and yeah. I, I think to keep up those firsts you have to always be innovative hence the name of today's show
1: you go <laughs> very good I like that <laughs> gotta be innovative and you got to be talking to the people who who mm. want to do these as well
0: in mm. the country how do, you, how do you find those people that want to do those things
1: well, we're really fortunate. We've got a super customer base here. Mm. Our customer base is so innovative
0: mm.
1: and and they're looking. Yesterday, I I trialed a, an electric car mm. um, from, from one of the Vietnamese manufacturers okay. and it was it was as smooth as anything. And I, mm. I got the privilege of driving it around the streets of Ho Chi Minh. Mm. And I think it's just fantastic to see that level of innovation come mm-hmm. so that we can, can compete actually on an international stage and not just mm. a domestic stage.
0: Yeah. A lot of countries are, or rather companies in Vietnam are looking out now, too, for yeah. inspiration yeah. and for growing their businesses yeah. and, and all that. OK, fantastic. Which leads me to my next question, actually. Uh, it just we see, obviously, one of the leading international banks, not just here, but globally. Um, how do you guys look at helping Vietnamese companies go overseas, um, expand their business outside of Vietnam.
1: Yeah. And this is a really important area for us. And Mm -hmm. we know that Vietnamese countries want to expand overseas. We also know that other country companies Companies, overseas want to come in here. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we've got what we call an international subsidiary network Mm -hmm. and they're based in countries around the world. So I have a team of people here in Vietnam and they would be putting companies from here who want to go into whether it's the US, the UK, Mm -hmm. Singapore, Malaysia, putting them in touch with teams on the ground in those countries who can help advise of things to be aware of, opportunities that are there, and even make some introductions to businesses in countries there. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a huge increase in intra-Asia trade um which has been coming out of COVID, which is really interesting to watch and that the importance of that region even becoming more amplified
0: but do you have specific examples of companies looking into vietnam right now and what are their concerns what are their challenges but also opportunities that you might want to highlight? yeah
1: so we did a survey not so long ago called navigator mm-hmm. we surveyed over 1500 companies it's a regular survey that mm-hmm. we do it showed us how how attractive vietnam was Mm. you know companies overseas looking they're really attracted by the 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 people that are here the level we've touched on innovation the Mm. level of innovation the opportunity for growth is huge what are they worried about like going into any country, company overseas, they're worried about security of finance, mm. they're worried about the governance in the countries, they're worried about, can they get their money out after they've put, brought it in? So the normal sorts of questions Those are, are there, basic questions, they are. So actually, they are. Yeah. And, and I think that the more people who come to Vietnam, the more people who see how, how vibrant it is, the easier it is for people to get comfortable with, with investing here.
0: And, and how about vice versa? What do, you know, the, the big Vietnamese companies here, you mentioned uh, the maker of this electric car. For example, um, they're obviously, uh, if I were to guess who it was very dominant in Vietnam, obviously, um, they, they're quite admired as a company. But the Vietnam brand isn't very well known overseas, if I recall. So I don't know who you're talking <laughs> about, but I would speak
1: more generically. So yes, I think that there are a number of Vietnamese companies mm. that are spending some time overseas mm. talking to key potential stakeholders, shareholders, yes, but also, and stakeholders in the broader sense, people who might be interested in, in purchasing, mm-hmm. people who are interested in investing, people who are interested in buying products, mm-hmm. buying services. And I think the more of that roadshow that, kind of, that you can do, those beauty pageants that are done, the more we make Vietnamese brands and Vietnamese service quality apparent overseas.
0: Okay. Where does Vietnam stand in terms of... Um your level of personal excitement. I'm, I'm not asking you to rank favorites, necessarily. Thank oh, goodness. But, yeah. like, I,
1: that is too hard to do because yeah. there's, there's so much opportunity in South and Southeast Asia. But Vietnam, Vietnam is, is most definitely up there. Mm. You know, I, and I think about it from three Ds. You know, the demographics are so in the favor of, of the country. Young people. You, yeah. Young people, rising uh, wealth, middle mm-hmm. class, more purchasing power. Yeah, tremendous.
0: H- have you heard of the term Henry's before? I have not. Uh, So it stands for high earning, not rich yet.
1: Oh, high earning, not rich yet. Yeah, I I
0: think that's the perfect way to describe that demographic.
1: Okay. Especially in Vietnam,
0: because there's a lot of potential Henrys as well
1: so demographics big right. tick digitization mm. you know it's a very digital savvy economy the people are very digital savvy probably goes to your point about the level of education as well Yes, yes and and yes. you' with the rollout of 5g coming that makes it even mm. more attractive and I think that's and then I go back to a word I probably used earlier the dynamism mm. like it's extraordinary you know and anybody who who hasn't been here for a while should really come because even in the years that I've been coming to Vietnam the change is quite palpable so I mm. think that's that's really you can see it. So for me, yes, Vietnam is absolutely up there, and um, it's a really exciting place to be. That's why we want to invest more here. Mm. We want to do more with more customers.
0: Well, you, you heard it from Amanda Murphy: the three Ds, demographics, digitization, and
1: <laughs> dynamism. Dynamism. When I mean, right? you think about it, that's that's why in South and Southeast Asia, more FDI here than anywhere else, mm. except for I think Singapore oh. and Indonesia. Okay. So it's not just me who thinks it mm. people with the money think it too
0: okay fantastic amanda i have always one last question to ask at the end of these is, podcasts is that the hard one and then, oh <laughs> yes and no I don't, I don't think it's hard at all okay it's it's never left field for me are you is your team hiring for H, at hsbc not just commercial but just to give the breadth of hsbc's growth in vietnam uh what what, what are you guys looking for in vietnam?
1: yes we are hiring um we continue to look for those who are passionate about their customers, passionate about delivery of growth in this exciting market. And we're hiring on our retail side and on our our commercial side. Excellent.
0: Great. Well, for those of you listening in that are looking for jobs, you can work with Amanda Murphy and her colleagues here in Vietnam. Uh, They definitely value everything from diversity and inclusion to sustainability, uh, to governance, to um, the 3Ds. They're (laughs) they're thinking about that. Um, So look no further than HSBC. Amanda Murphy, head of commercial banking, South and Southeast Asia at HSBC. Thank you so much for joining the show, Amanda. Wish the best for the rest of your visit to Vietnam and um, the rest of the stories and companies you'll be meeting. I'm sure it'll be fantastic.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in, guys, for another episode of Vietnam Innovators. It's been a pleasure hosting the show with Amanda Murphy. Uh, Thank you for tuning in every single week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. HSBC is one of the world's largest banking and financial services organizations, and has been operating in Vietnam for over 150 years. HSBC Vietnam is one of the largest foreign banks in the country in terms of investment capital, product ranges, customer base, and was recently awarded the best international bank in Vietnam by Finance Asia. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week. So don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content.